This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we look at what is changing in the industry and we take it to the front lines to those that are driving those changes. As always, my name is Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, which has Triangle Pest as well as Triangle Lawn. Well, CEO of Comarch, which offers digital and sales services for the pest and lawn industries. And with me is the highly educated, highly well-respected, highly of highest, Dan Gordon. Dan, would you like to say good morning? We are recording this in the morning. It's a bit of a trend going there. As well as introduce our guest and our topic, which I'm super excited Absolutely. about. Both. Yeah. So uh, Dan Gordon, PCO bookkeepers, PCO MA specialist and turf books. Uh, accountants to the lawn and pest industry, as well as uh, folks who do exit planning. And I'm um, pretty excited about today's guest. Uh, the reason that I'm excited is, is he's my partner and um, in uh, PCO Bookkeepers and, and, and Turf Books and whatnot. And uh, anyway, uh, his name is Brian Post. Uh, today we welcome him. He is a managing member of PCO Bookkeepers. He's a CPA who uh, offers his extensive accounting and tax expertise for our clients that are looking to get a better understanding of how their business is operating. His industry knowledge enables him to integrate into daily operations of our clients and become their trusted advisor. I hope I read that okay. So <laughs> anyway, today we're talking about, uh, we're, we're gonna talk about, because Don is, uh, Donnie is such a centrist we're going to talk a little bit about politics and, and, and how this works. Oh, I love politics. It's my basically, favorite topic. Basically, uh, today yeah. we're talking about the Inflation Reduction Act, but more specifically the provision in it that um, uh, um, gives more funding for IRS funding. Um, so just as a little background, on August 7th, the Senate passed the, the Inflation Reduction Act at this writing. The bill is expected to pass the House and then be signed into law by President Biden. So the law has many aspects, uh, including attempting to address inflation, climate change, and providing some tax uh, increases aimed at the ultra wealthy. And so everyone has their opinions, and I'm sure that we'll get Donnie's as well on the Never. bill itself, as, as, as well as I have quite a few opinions too, but <laughs> you know how quiet I am. So, uh, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's expected to cure a myriad of issues that I'm sure it will cure none of. But one of the provisions that I want to discuss and I want to discuss with Brian is that $79.6 billion has been appropriated to the IRS through 2031 to bolster enforcement and taxpayer services. Now, um, welcome, Brian. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. I'm pretty excited to be part of this. Uh, you know, yeah. talk to my clients on a daily basis and they, they always talk about how they love the podcast and I'm kind of excited to be a little piece of it here. Yeah, sure. So uh, hang on, before we get into this, I have to- right. yeah, go ahead, go ahead. We, we, we got it, we got it. I think we're gonna let Brian roll on here, but I have to, did, did you guys- Hold on, let me get a sandwich, let me get a sandwich while you're, uh, while you're on your soapbox. <laughs> while I jump okay. on my soapbox. Okay, so all I will say is this, I find it absolutely hilarious that it's called the Inflation Reduction Act. And we're gonna get into this, we're going to get into this a little bit later on the podcast, but the reason I find it hilarious is it when I when you see what's in the act and you see what it does to inflation. Did you guys ever read 1984? Did you ever read that 
Did you have to read that yeah. book? Well, there's some I'm slogans sorry. in there that says, you know, freedom is slavery and ignorance is strength. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I would agree with that. Yes. So this is absolutely double think. Like we're gonna we're gonna reduce inflation with increased spending. <laughs> so, right. That's uh anyway, so that's that's my soapbox. I will now turn I just I read that and I started laughing when I was like, boy, they put a great title on this act to make it sound like we're doing something really, really great for inflation. So I'm done. I'm not really but the the one thing that I would tell you is you know, there's all kinds of stuff in it and don't really want to get into it because I, I think you're right. But the one that um is really important is this um bolstering the IRS, right? Absolutely. And uh, they say that it's for uh, taxpayer services, which is to service taxpayers better and, uh, you know, <laughs> as well as to increase the audits. But here's what I can tell you. I think of the $79 billion, only four of it is going to taxpayer services. So in case you have called the IRS in the past few years for any issue, um, I would tell you, Brian, how long do you have to wait on hold if you're calling the IRS? Uh, way too long, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's hopefully it'll get a little better. But uh, I can tell you in 2022, the wait times have increased 50 percent from 2021. So, um, you know, you might want to grab a sandwich if you call them. Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> meals. All right. So, so should we jump into this? So, then? so wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Brian, you had some stats on it. So this, this, yeah. this one is absolutely. Um, it's unbelievable. But go ahead. Yeah. So in 2021, there was actually 167 million calls made to the IRS line, and nine percent of them were answered. So. So, the one thing that I when you call I bet when you call net promoter score is fantastic. Yeah, their NPS is good, but yes. when you call the IRS, they put on that um, really nice music that you hear when people are ice skating, you know, in the winter and everything, and that goes on for hours and hours. And um, usually, when you call the IRS, your head is about to explode because something's happening, right? And you've got this very calming music that they put you on hold for for about two hours, and then you get a message that says, "We're too busy. Please call back later." Um, <laughs> and click, <laughs> hang up on you, and then click. <laughs> so, so that's the um, that's what we're trying to improve with the four billion. But the the rest of the money, uh, a lot of it is going to enforcement and. Um, I guess that that's going to mean more audits. What, Brian? What's your take, and what do you think? Yeah, I mean, eighty billion dollars, or almost eighty billion dollars, can can probably go a long way in terms of uh, sniffing out some additional tax monies and penalties and interest for the IRS. So, um, you know, we've probably uh, we're probably going to see an uptick in in audits as as this money comes pouring in. I mean, like eighty billion dollars. And it it is over uh, eight years. So, uh, but how many agents could you hire? I mean, if for eighty billion, you could probably get Donnie to work for you, right? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely would. Might be a little light. I'd give it a good look. You know, that's for sure. (laughs) Right, right. But um, Um, actually, I was looking into you know that most of your IRS agents are actually making like forty grand a year. So that's nice. Probably hire quite a few of them. Yeah. yeah. 
So, I mean, you, I, I guess let's let's bring this back here. So we got listeners, and I know that we have listeners everywhere from, say, 500,000 and less to, let's just say, 50 million and more. And, of course, you know, the big the big question here for all of these folks is like, okay, we have the Inflation Reduction Act, which is really the Build Back Better Act, which is, at the end of the day, they're going to start, you know, actually enforcing the revenue stream. That's one of the ways that they're going to get more money back into the government. How does that affect me as an owner? And I think that's what I want to talk about with you, Brian, is like, you know, now that this is most likely, I think it's going to pass. I don't, you know, and now that it's going to pass and it's going to become law and the IRS is going to get back funding and they're going to get a lot more agents. What does that mean for me at 500,000? What does that mean for me at 50 million? And in the case of Dan Gordon, what does it mean when you're, have revenues in the billions. So let's start there. I mean, yeah, so it really just means that there's going to be more of a, you know, requirement to have clean books and, and making sure you have the proper documentation in place so that in the event that you unfortunately get one of those notices or audits that you're prepared for it. And uh, it's, it's going to be an essential tool kind of in a, in a small business owner's arsenal to, to really combat that. Uh, I mean, listen, I, I'm i not somebody who tells people that they should cheat on their taxes. And I think that if you do cheat on your taxes, you're doing the wrong thing. But the fact of the matter is going through an audit is um, like going through a um, physical exam, right? You, you know, they, they and <laughs> more, more of like a proctologist, right? So, <laughs> but <laughs> I had to go there, had to go yeah. there, All right. but, but. But it, it's very disruptive to you, the business owner, your staff, everything else. You have to pay your CPA. You might have to pay a tax attorney. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a big deal. So the question is, you know, um, who, you know, is this really a good thing overall? And, and listen, if, you're tax, if, if you catch some tax cheats, I think that that's good, right? Um, uh, you know, but... but you know, we work on a lot of audits, uh, Brian. How many come up with no change or, or very little change? I mean, honestly, in my experience, I've I've handled all types of, of audits, income tax, sales tax, et cetera. And, you know, our clients come back with no change reports. So really what happens is the, the audits that happen to them, they're just time wasters, honestly. Um, you know, there's... They create all this fear, you know, you're, 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 my client comes to me, say, I got an audit, and, and they kind of start freaking out, even though we've got month-end procedures in place and, and all this other stuff to help them get through an audit and, and you know, be, be in compliance. So, you know, a couple other problems with them, right? As a small business owner, they're going to be distracting. So instead of you spending time growing your business or working on areas that are, you know, that could, could use it. You're, you're spending time gathering receipts and, and spending the time on that. And, and um, so, again, it's time consuming. And, and quite frankly, it's, it's costly and not, not just from a proposed tax increase or penalty and interest standpoint, but you now have to pay your CPA or your accountant thousands, maybe even tens of thousands of dollars, depending upon the scope of the audit. And, and it can eat up a lot of profit. Well, you know, one of the things I think we should probably talk about at least a little bit, and I, again, we're, we're talking about this and I don't think it's fully passed. So it's as, as it stands right now, I don't think it's going to change. Um, 
you know, I think probably one of the biggest ramifications on the corporate tax side is this 15% corporate tax minimum. But this is for really, really big companies. And when you think about it, the provisions in this, uh, uh, you know, as far as raising um, taxes, most of our clients are not going to be affected. Yeah, you got to have revenues in the billions is what I think is you got to that's where you got to be. But you know, I guess if you're Triangle or Coal March, you might be affected. But <laughs> maybe no. So, you know, so so I mean, and that makes sense, right? I mean, if you're if you're looking at, OK, I've got one person. Where do I deploy this person with the best possible return? Obviously, you would start there. But, you know, you have to think about this just for a moment, even if Let's even if you put a whole army on those companies, you know, and there's not many of them out there, you have to believe that there are going to be more audits happening. You know, when you add that many people and staff and they've got to have something to do, um, you know, y- you absolutely should expect more audits. And, and you know, Brian, you said it earlier, which is, you know, you, you really do need to keep clean records. I think right now, if you're a listener and something on the back of your neck is causing the hair to go up you should probably stop that now and you should probably clean it up now because my guess is is that going forward you're not going to get you know i mean like it there's going to be a lot more oversight than what we've seen in the past and you know dan and i work in several business groups and and i'm not going to share what we talk about and nor am i going to say (laughs) what maybe said or not said but there are times that I hear some people say stuff and I'm not even in it and the hair on the back of my neck goes up. <laughs> so. Well, one, one of the interesting things is like, think about your sales department, right? If you want to close a really high end food processor hospital, you've got to have a salesman who's really, really trained well and whatnot. But if you want to close, you know, residential work or, or delis or something, you need a lower end person, right? So while they say that they're going to go after higher income people, mm-hmm. it's a whole lot easier to go after middle class or even lower end people because they get more bang for the buck and they don't have to have, you know, if, if you're going to go against IBM, right, they've got a whole tax department and an army of accountants and lawyers on their staff. And so the IRS has to be able to counter that with some serious expertise. Whereas, they can just hire the college, recent college grads and, uh, you know, go out and do those audits. So whatever they say, at the end of the day, you, could, you, you do the numbers and you tell me who's going to get audited. That's, that's Well, that's a good point, Dan, because, you know, Schedule C businesses from a tax perspective are probably the most audited uh, set of financials out there. You know, if you've got a Schedule C business, you're, you know, not going to get audited, but they look at that more closely. So just kind of backing up here for a moment. Okay, so this this act is most likely going to pass. And by the way, it's going to completely get rid of uh, of inflation. Um, in, in addition to that, we're also going to create, create. Now so we're from our sponsor, Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we're going to see more audits. Regard, I mean, and, and I think we all are agreeing with that, that absolutely we're going to see more audits. Now, the next question comes, now what? What can I do now, knowing that this is going to happen? I mean, it, you can't just ramp up this many people in in a few months, right? So is, is this going to change 2022 dramatically? Probably not. Will it change 2023 dramatically? Probably not. But I would imagine in 2024, 2025, we're going to start seeing 
you know, the ramifications of this and, and all the money pouring into the IRS. My question, I guess, is for both of you, Dan and Brian. If, if I'm sitting here now and I know this is coming, what are some things that I can do to prepare? What are some things that I can do to make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm covering, you know, my bases, I'm, you know, as far as risk is concerned? What are some hot areas that the IRS typically would, you know, start poking around at that I should probably avoid? Um, you know, and Dan, you and I have talked about this back when we were talking about PPP and even the, the employee, what was it, the retention credit or what, the ERC. So maybe let's start there. Like, what are some things? Well, I, I think I before can... you do that, Brian, why don't, why don't you go through the anatomy of an audit? So what happens, you know, you get something yeah. in the mail and, and start that way. And, and, and that way you can um, kind of. Yeah, get... so the, the auditor is going to send you, obviously, the, the, the notice that you're going to be examined. Um, and, and from there, they're going to send you a pretty lengthy request for documentation. Uh, that documentation is going to be everything from invoices to your customers to invo you know, receipts from a, uh, your, your chemical vendors or, or you know, the restaurant that you go to. So you know, what they're going to do with that once they obtain all their documentation that you compiled for them, is they're going to, you know, implement tests and and make sure that they're kind of looking through things as efficiently as possible. What they usually use is a is a sampling technique, so they're not going to look at every single line item. But what they'll do is they'll take bits and pieces from all all the different line items. And what they'll do after that is they'll they'll create like a an error rate. And if you can't supply a, a receipt or you don't have a, a business uh, reasoning behind that particular expense, well, they're going to expand the audit. And that it will not be very friendly for most people if that's the case. So, you know, really, it's, it, you know, they're going to do a top-down approach. They're going to start with your, your revenues and, and take a look at that and, and um, you know, make sure that what you're recording in, you know, a CRM, your, your routing software is tying to your, your profit and loss statement, making sure that you're actually recording all of your, you know, invoices to customers. Um, one, one of the next big areas that they're going to look at is, is making sure your payroll is tying to, you know, W-2s or 1099s and, and things like that. There's, certainly areas there that they're going to be able to find like if there's you know cash payments or if there's gift cards which are highly used you know they're going to find that stuff because they're going to want to find taxes that they can apply to those those deductions that you've taken uh, next they're going to look at your outside contractors kind of related to your labor right it's your your subcontractors what they're really looking for here is are they truly subcontractors? Are you controlling what jobs they go to? Are you controlling when they do it? Are you supplying them with the chemicals or the, you know, the, the ability to service them? Because a big ticket item for them is, is reclassing subcontractor wages to employee wages because you now have to pay your FICA taxes and your employer portion of payroll taxes on them. Uh, next, you know, one another really big area is all your 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 G and A costs. Uh, you're gonna 
probably one of your hot, most hotly looked at items is going to be your traveling meals. Uh, do you have receipts and, and, and business reasoning, you know, who you were with at the restaurant you were at or the hotel you booked? Is there, was there a, uh, was there a conference in that area when you were, when you were, look, when you were taking those expenses on, uh, you know, are you looking, are they're going to be looking at, uh, entertainment too, you know, that's another really, really big area that, that they're going to go through. So an auditor is going to go through all these things, uh, and, and find out if you are in compliance and, and have receipts and, and true business purposes for these expenses. And, and they're going to come back to you with a number if they feel that there's a high error rate. And, and again, they might even expand the audit. So it's really going to be important that, you know, you can supply these, these receipts and these other uh, documents that substantiate the business expenses so that, you know, you can breeze through uh, the audit and, and almost really give confidence to the auditor that you have proper systems in place and that you're not just you know, pushing personal expenses through the business or, or, or what have you, you know, you know, going on a Disney cruise and with your family, there's probably not a business expense. there. So how about, right. how about some of these entertainments? So, so uh, entertainment's not deductible and, and neither are country club dues, but the food that you have there is right. And yeah. um, if you go to a, a baseball game or something, if you buy the hot dogs and beer, and by the way, there has to be a valid business uh, reason to do it, and you have to document it. And you know, I, I would tell you that um, do as I say, not as I do. You want to keep a logbook in your Outlook or something, uh, as well as the receipts and whatnot. But um, you know, you can bifurcate. Like a lot of people put their country club stuff through, and a lot of that is not deductible but some of it is. So in order to get the benefit, that's, that's kind of what you want to do. Yeah. I mean, right now this year, it's definitely important to bifurcate that meal out of there because in 2022, it's still hundred percent deductible from a restaurant. So, um, but you, you kind of hit the nail on the head with keeping a little logbook. I know it's easier said than done. It's time consuming, but uh, if you write down who you were with, you know, even what what was briefly discussed, uh, you know, maybe maybe you had a a, a big uh, potential customer that you took to a baseball game. You know, you trying to get a twenty thousand dollar job out of it, that's a legitimate business expense. So, so we're kind of we're kind of rolling into the part of like now, what do I do? You know, now now that I now that I understand that these are things that I'm going to be looking at. It's going to suck and it's going to be tedious and it's going to take a, a ton of my time. You know, what, what can your typical, you know, let's just start with all ranges here. Let's start with 500 K up to say 50 million. What can they do just to make sure that they are, you know, making that, that outcome as positive as possible and how do they, you know, what should they avoid? Well, one of the one of the things we've been talking about quite a bit um, is like meals and entertainment and travel. That's probably, from my experience, one of the areas that are are mostly you know gone through with a fine tooth comb because that's easy money for an auditor. Um, 
moving, you know, you really, you want to, as best you can, uh, separating business and personal expenses, right? That's, that's going to be your first line of defense of, of being able to, in the event of an audit, substantiate an expense that was ran through your business. Uh, so what, what Dan was saying, though, with, with creating a logbook and all that stuff, that's, that's also best uh, to do that. You know, really archiving your receipts and your statements and other documents to substantiate income and expenses is a great step to take, too. And, and, you know, you have technology nowadays where you can snap a picture with your phone of a receipt and, and push it right into your, your accounting software and attach it right there. So you'll have it and, and you won't ever you have to go searching for it. So that's probably one of the best ways of doing it. Um, and then, you know, I kind of touched on it briefly earlier, being able to instill confidence in your auditor because you have proper internal controls in place is also going to be, you know, probably one of your best ways of, of, you know, avoiding any sort of adjustments on an audit. So I think that yeah, one of the things thoughts? that Brian, yeah, I think one of the things that Brian just said, that last point is, you know, you, uh, yeah, if you get audited, you're going to be upset and whatnot, but you don't want to take it out on the auditor. You want to remain professional. And when he gives you a document request, you want your CPA or whoever's handling the audit for you, you want them to walk in with a, uh, a very organized folder of, you know, um, you know what's there make it easier for the auditor because if you look clean uh, it comes off um you know that listen they're regular people like anybody else it, the less work that they have to do that makes them happy one thing though that i would say is t and e is definitely um you know a, a, a an area that, that's easy pickings but let's, let's, let's not let's forget about that you said uh, M and E or T and E, and if you said T and E, T and E, not T and A, T, T <laughs> <laughs> travel and entertainment. So uh, the the uh, but 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 uh, the, this uh, outside contractor versus W two, um, a lot of times auditors will look into your professional fees, right? And a lot of people will have a bookkeeper that is outsourced but not outsourced because they work from home and they work for three days a week so um and a lot of people will classify you know uh, gee i want to get this person to work for me but the only way they'll do it is if we pay them on a 1099 just remember if you do that you risk that they'll be reclassified as an employee if they're reclassified as an employee you'll be responsible for you know, uh, it, it's not going to affect the deduction on your income tax return, but what it'll do is now they'll be looking at your payroll returns and you'll be responsible for the withholding that you were supposed to withhold. And you'll also be responsible for those payroll taxes, the FICA and um, Medicare and whatnot. So uh, outside contractors, that 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 is a big thing, um, you know, that, that, that you want to look at. So, you know, these... Okay, so first of all, I think outside contractors could be a big bomb. What are some Definitely other, like, is, you know, yeah. like travel and entertainment, you know, yeah, you know, they might get some stuff there. I mean, it's easy money, but it's not like crippling. My question to you guys is, is there anything like, and by the way, before I say this, because I don't pay, like I sometimes I say things and they get misconstrued. I am not ditching on the employee retention credit, okay? 
what are but i have to say if i had taken that and then i find out that IRS is getting 80 billion in funding i'd be a little nervous me personally um but i just you know my question to you guys and by the way that's my opinion okay i'm not saying if you took that credit that you should be nervous and give it all back i mean, I mean there's different circumstances it's a calculated risk it's a calculated exactly. risk 100 so and oh so my, by the way there's so many people taking it that even with the 80 billion increase a lot of people are not going to get audited so it is it's definitely a calculated risk so my question though is is like are there any big items that you really should pay attention to now that I mean we all should already have been doing that anyway but anything that you see that's like man don't go near that because it could really get you in trouble I know for me Brian said it earlier I don't do any personal things out of the business account I just don't want there to be an open door there or any you know what I mean like I don't go and buy you know, patio furniture or, you know, I mean, I just don't do stuff like that on the company account because I don't want there to be any question, you know, that there's cross flow there. But but and, and, I, and I guess that's a question for both of you guys. Is there anything that you're aware of that, that could potentially be a big like, oh, gosh, you better pay attention to this? Well, I think um, you, you kind of touched on the ERC. You know, that's that's one credit that often potentially use as an aggressive uh, tactic to get some money back from the government. But in my experience with some of my other clients, I would say that uh, the other credit, other aggressive use of tax credits, like your research credit is probably more so than the ERC. The, the research credit uh, basically allows our, our clients to allocate like labor and, and chemical costs and all this other stuff uh, that these that these uh, I'm going to call them like I guess accounting firms reach out to you and say you'll qualify for hundreds of thousands of dollars as a credit because well what were you doing with I don't know your water conservation in a irrigation company in an irrigation company, provide irrigation like, right you're doing research it's yeah, yeah. I, I've had, you know, I've had instances where, you know, you've they've developed a kind of a in-house trap, but, you know, when you, when you go to apply for the credit and you're applying half a million dollars to this trap, like probably not so much uh, really being used for research purposes. It's probably uh, a little aggressive. So. The aggressive use of tax credits is probably one of the first things that I would say are a red flag, so to speak. Uh, listen, if you're truly, if, if listen, if if you truly can justify what you're doing, and you don't, you know, give a ha ha, I'm gonna, you know, then you know it, it could be legitimate but be very careful uh, with your use of deductions and uh, tax credits and probably the thing that we see the most um, are the personal expenses right and you mm -hmm. sprinkle them throughout your PL. and you know a lot of people don't understand that that there's a um, you know that, that there's a corporate veil that you don't pierce with your personal expenses so we have a lot of clients who do put personal expenses through their businesses and we put them as distributions and we don't put them on the P&L. And they, you know, a lot of our clients don't even know. And then when they get audited, they're thankful because we've done that. Um, you know, so, so 
don't use your business as your personal checkbook. That's probably the biggest thing. What about like, um, and, and by the way, I do this. I don't think I'm excessive on this. Um, but, you know, I do drive a vehicle that I put through the business, you know, I, I and, but I try to keep it limited because, I mean, if, you know, obviously if I'm running an Ashton Martin through as a, as a pest control <laughs> truck, I don't know that that'll fly, but any, any thoughts no, there about, is you know, as, as far as vehicles, I mean, is there like a limit that you should worry about? Like, you know, I, I mean, for me, you know, I have my truck and, and by the way, I do go out from time to time and I technically do use my truck to run operations. I use it more for a truck for me than anything. I and mean, it's not out, you know, but I, but, but I guess my point is, is that I think it's pretty common. I think a lot of folks run their vehicles through the business. Is there anything to be careful of there? Well, yeah, I mean, luxury vehicles in a pest control business, like a Porsche or a, or a Range Rover, probably don't really have much of a use in a pest control company unless you're a pretty sizable outfit and you, and you need to, you know, give one to a manager who, you know, that's kind of what they've requested or, or, you know, what you want to keep them happy. But most of the time, you know, as a, as an owner of a small business and you've got a Land Rover, a Range Rover on there, if it, you know, the hundred percent business use documenting that and being able to prove that in the event of an audit, that's where you'd probably run into your your uh, your issues. That becomes difficult. So if you have a luxury car, there's there's a, you you only want to put a piece of it through. Um, but but the one thing that we do have, like because it's you know pest control and lawn care is a trade, having a pickup truck, it's kind of standard, right? So yeah. that's not the big deal. But as Brian said, putting that uh, fancy you know uh, car through, that's you know. Not saying that, you know, you don't use some of it for business and you can't deduct it, but you got to be careful around that. Um, yeah. And the, yeah, the fact of the matter is that most really nice trucks now cost just as much as a Porsche. That, that <laughs> is a problem. I, I personally problem. have a nice truck. I know Dan has been in it, but, you know, my wife calls it my redneck Cadillac. I mean, it's, you know, it is definitely a truck, but it is, it's a nice yeah. truck. You right? need a rope ladder to get in it. <laughs> <laughs> so... So bringing this back around, I mean, and let's just let's just kind of summarize this. So we have this massive, you know, this just just savior of an act that's going to cure all inflation, um, that's going to beef up the IRS, right? I mean, everything else for us, I think, at least in the pest and lawn industries, it, it it's really it's going to be kind of a non-player. Um, you know, the takeaway for this for us at least, it's going to be is is this whole idea of beefing up the IRS. It sounds like what you guys were saying is is that. For the most part, you know, the what it's really targeting is outside of, uh, I would say, all our in our industry revenue stream. But the fact is, is that enforcement is going to get much stronger over the next few years. And and really, you know, what that means is just battening down the hatches, making sure you're clean, taking the time, going through and making sure that you're not you're not doing anything that could be construed as close to the line. Any kind of parting thoughts or any kind of any kind of advice you would give i mean the, and i'll add my own two cents here you know dave ramsey doesn't talk about taxes and he doesn't talk about the irs but he does talk about your health from time to time and i love what he said he's like you know people complain about the time it takes to work out and to buy good food he goes but the fact is is if you can put the time and money in now 
or get old and get sick and put the time and money in. Either way, you're going to put the time and money in. <laughs> Listen, I think that there's a dichotomy here. There, the government should go after tax cheats. There's no question. But in order to go after them, you're casting a wide net, and you're going to get a whole lot of people mm -hmm. who are doing things right, and it's just going to it's a disruption to their business and added expense. And so, you know, um, hopefully. As they implement this thing, it, it, it you know, there'll be an, a, a balance, you know. Smart about it. Yeah, one last thing you? with that, dude, Dan, you know, you say cast a wide net. You know, if, if they find an industry where they've got easy money, they're, yes. they're going to go, they're going to continue to go after it. So if, you know, the pest control company gets audited and they see a, find a gold mine, the likelihood of it spreading throughout the rest of the industry is pretty good. Very true. Yeah. We we see that all the time, um, you know, and, and even at the state level, we we saw up in Massachusetts, there's uh, their their um, sales taxes. Um, it, it's it's not well explained in the regulations and whatnot. And now all the pest control companies in Massachusetts are getting audited for sales and use tax, and it's kind of mm. uh, you know it's it's it, it's an interesting thing. So they will latch onto it. Uh, you know, earlier in my career when I was trying to get going used to do a lot of work with restaurants and pizza places and because they're all cat businesses they used to just hammer those guys um i think if you do things properly uh do things correct um make an effort uh you should be in good shape if you're a client of ours i know that we we definitely will keep you in good shape um or try anyway uh and uh, <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I, well, yes. here, here's my shameless plug. I will say this. I have been with Dan's company for, oh gosh, over 10 years now. And, and, and I can second that we, I feel like we run pretty clean books and we get good advice when it comes to this. So if you're a listener out there and, um, you know, and, and, and you're not clean or you're concerned about it, I would certainly give those guys at PCO a call. And um, and I'm not going to do a shameless plug for Cole March, but just just know that now you owe me, Dan. I'm just kidding. No, I mean, I mean I'm talking uh, from the track. So, but it's that billion dollar uh, company that, uh, that that you're. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, folks, you did it again. You managed to waste another 40 minutes of your life talking to Dan and I. But we did have a guest this time, which I think makes it better. Who's way smarter than us, Brian? Thank you for joining us. It's been great having you on. Yeah, it's been a great time, a really unique experience, and uh, thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. As always, uh, just a reminder that you can see these uh, the, sh the notes for this show on pmpindustryinsider.com. Just click the link, uh, show notes, and you'll see today's uh, episode on that. Also, we always appreciate any time and effort that you put into rating our podcast. We love sharing this message with others, and we hope that you find it helpful, and we would love to share that with others. And with that... I'm signing off. Dan, any parting thoughts before we finish out? That's about it. Thanks so much. Thanks, Brian. All right. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, See you guys. Okay. Bye.